Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. A big part of how we look at financial wellness is first, let's eliminate as many fees as possible, right? Put that money back into the accounts of the employees. And so we've done that. Also allow them to tap into any wages or earnings they have to avoid any late fees if an unexpected expense comes up. And then finally, the thing that we're iterating on and continuing to grow is our budgeting feature. That was Atif Siddiqui, and this is episode 45 of the Leaders in Payments podcast. Atif is the CEO of Branch, and he is our special guest this week. I'm your host, Greg Myers, and hey, before we get started, if you happen to office in Houston, Austin, or North Texas, check out Fuse Workspace, where their mission is to help others do more. Check them out at FuseWorkspace.com. Okay, back to the show. Atif grew up in Southern California and got his undergrad and MBA from USC and currently lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Branch is a challenger bank that partners with employers to help Americans grow financially. They offer financial wellness tools to employees, such as fee-free checking accounts, early access to earned wages, budgeting tools, and more. Currently, they have 90 employees. Branch works with companies like Domino's to digitally distribute tips to the delivery drivers onto the branch wallet so the drivers can get paid right after they make a delivery. One of the core themes at Branch is to eliminate or reduce as many fees as possible. The solution is free to employees and employers. They make a small fee when the debit card is used at a merchant. Atif is very passionate about payments and learning about the technology behind payments, and specifically blockchain. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Atif. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Sure. Grew up in Southern California, a suburb of Los Angeles. Went to school at USC, both undergrad and grad school for my MBA, and currently located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And there's an interesting story there, how we ended up here from the sunny Southern California. I would love to hear that story. Yeah, sure. So when I founded Branch, I was a entrepreneur in residence at Idea Lab, which is a technology incubator in Pasadena, California. And you know, when we first started the company, really the core mission was how do we help hourly workers grow financially? And we landed on this idea of helping them earn additional income by picking up additional shifts that were always available at their company. We launched that product and, you know, we saw great traction and success, both from employees and employers wondering, you know, how they can implement this solution. One of those employers happened to be Target. And, you know, we just had great organic adoption with their employee base, kind of downloading the app from the app store. And we had contacted Target to see how we could get this thing distributed throughout the organization. And they mentioned that they were running a retail accelerator with Techstars and they would, you know, you apply. There's thousands of companies that apply. They pick 10. And ultimately, to work closely with Target to solve some challenges in retail with technology. And we did that. We applied. We got in. And as part of the program, we had to locate to Minneapolis for three months, work closely with Target, and you know a lot of learnings there on how do we get our product into a large organization. And this was a problem 
you know, that they had where they were using a piece of paper on a back wall to track any shift changes. Managers were picking up the phone, calling, you know, dozens of people if someone had called off. And so our application definitely streamlined that a bit and kind of post-program. Most companies kind of go back to their hometown and grow the business. We happened to stay. You know, at the time it was just myself and two or three other engineers and we were working closely with Target along with other companies in the area. And we just continued to grow out the team and found great talent here in the Twin Cities. And, you know, what what was just supposed to be a three month stint is now going on four years. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I once went to Long Island that was supposed to be a two week assignment and ended up spending six months there. So it's not four years like you, but uh, it was still a much longer time than I ever expected. Well, let's talk about Branch. So tell the audience what Branch does. Yeah. So, you know, Branch today, is we're a challenger bank that partners with employers to help Americans grow financially. And so what that means is that, you know, we offer financial wellness tools to employees, including fee-free checking accounts, early access to their earned wages, budgeting features that help them kind of manage their cash flow between pay cycles. And we've really been focused on the segment of the market who live paycheck to paycheck, which I think, you know, has become even more important now as so many employees have experienced some type of either reduction in hours or job loss over the last several months. Sure. And how big is the company? So that team of three I mentioned has now grown to around 90 employees here in the Twin Cities and spread out around the country. Okay. And how do you go to market? Yeah, so I think one of the interesting things about branches, yeah, how do we acquire users onto our platform? So I mentioned we work with employers, but taking a step back even before that, we really work with a lot of technology partners that have a lot of the data that we need to make our product and services work. So to give an example, we work with a lot of Domino's franchisees to digitally distribute all their driver, delivery driver tips onto you know, our branch wallet so they can literally get paid right after you know, they make a delivery. And the way we were able to work with these franchisees is first, we needed to know how much these drivers were getting tipped out. So we signed the Domino's point of sale system that had a lot of the tip information for their delivery drivers. And by doing so, it was very easy for a franchisee to get set up for an employer to get started with branch. There wasn't a lot of, you know, setup involved, no integration since we've already done that work. And they literally could just flip on a switch and their employees are up and running with our system. And so that's like a big part of our go-to-market motions, if you will, is like, what are some technology partners these employers currently work with that really make it turnkey for them to get started with Branch. Okay, okay. I'm familiar with, maybe you would consider it the old school way of paying the gig workers, which was through pay cards. Maybe explain the difference between your strategy and what the more traditional pay cards is. Yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of employers view us as a pay card alternative. So even if they are using a pay card, oftentimes we find that they switch over to branch. And there are a couple of reasons they do that. One, I think, is that we just offer sort of a modern banking solution to their employees, something their employees have come to expect. The second is, you know, we're pretty, you know, one of the core kind of themes here at Branch is that we want to reduce as many fees as possible for this demographic. And so our solution is free to not only the employer, but also employees. 
Like we make our revenue every time the employee uses our debit card and spends at a merchant, we make a small transaction fee from that merchant. And so the cost advantage, you know, that really resonates with employers as well, because oftentimes they have to pay fees to set up a pay card or get that program installed. And, you know, some other things is that we've done a lot of work again to make it very turnkey for the employer. So a lot of the back office administration, account reconciliation has become very seamless and there's no overhead. And then finally, it's just our suite of offerings that really has employers turn to branch. You know, in addition to just a pay card, if they have an employee that is unbanked, they can also, again, get their tips dispersed instantly, get any reimbursement payments distributed through branch instantly, as well as tap into their earned wages, you know, ahead of their paycheck. Okay. And you talk about, and I think the way you've positioned the company is much broader than that and really helping sort of that gig economy worker or that the paycheck to paycheck type worker with their financial wellness. What other products or services do you offer beyond just what we've talked about? Yeah, I think, you know, big part of how we look at financial wellness is first, let's eliminate as many fees as possible, right? Put that money back into the accounts of the employees. And so we've done that. Also allow them to tap into any wages or earnings they have to avoid any late fees if an unexpected expense comes up. And then finally, the thing that we're iterating on and continuing to grow is our budgeting feature, which is being able to look at employees expenses and earnings and really help them plan till their next paycheck. And when we think about kind of our budgeting tool, it's really, you know, less about sort of a looking out a year planning or a quarter and like, how do we just, again, help these employees find excess income that we can hopefully help their account balance grow over time? Okay. And I always like to ask whenever I think there's an interesting or cool brand name like Branch, how did you come up with the name Branch? Yeah, going back to the branch evolution story, you know, when we first started targeting employers, we felt that, you know, when a user joined, they joined this workplace sort of location. And we thought branch was a good way to resemble sort of a network of people that hopefully continues to grow. And that's about, I think, since we've moved into a financial service, it's even more apt now as a as a name. <laughs> right, right. What would you say differentiates your company from your competitors out there? Yeah, I think one of the things really that differentiates us is, you know, we've got our start not in fintech and payments. And so we had a deep understanding of our users, their needs, and really kind of focused on this segment of the population, again, that's living paycheck to paycheck, most work an hourly job, and being able to build up products and services that they really love. You know, as a challenger bank, I would say it's pretty unique that our go-to-market notions where we partner with employers to get our product out to employees. And then finally, just in the business model where it's free to both employees and employers. And really, we feel like we've aligned our interest in the interests of the users where, you know, we make money if the, the user has more money on their account. And if that grows, then we do too. Gotcha. And I'm curious how you guys handle, I mean, I would assume that the employees have to download an app and like, what is the adoption rate there? And is that a challenge to get them to do that? Yeah. You know, one of the things we've seen, the adoption rate's been really great, but yeah, they download an app from the app store. You know, when working with an employer, they join their employer workplace network. And then from there, it's pretty seamless. You know, we've really designed the app in a way where it's very similar to a, any other consumer 
type app that they would use. You know, we get comments from employers and employees all the time. I'm like, how easy it was to get set up there maybe had some preconceived notions of some clunky enterprise software they've used in the past. And so it's been fairly, yeah, straightforward to set up. And one of the things we're really proud of too is that once the employee leaves the employer, we allow them to continue to use branch so they can still use the product as a consumer. And we don't just kick them off the system. And oftentimes we find, yeah, employees love our services that they take it to their next employment and their next employer where we might not even have a relationship with. Okay. So a great way to get your foot in the door there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, where do you see this heading? I mean, typically I ask about the payments industry, but maybe you could answer it from the perspective of what you're doing. So where do you see this part of the industry headed in the next, say, two to three years? Yeah, I think in the next two to three years, this idea of accelerating digital payments is one that we're going to continue to see other products and services evolve. We're already seeing sort of the adoption with mobile payments, contactless payments. You know, even post-pandemic, we had um, added in Apple Pay and Google Pay in-app provisioning that allowed users to get started, have a, effectively a debit card they can use. And the, the adoption of that has really been surprising where it's been really great to see them not have to wait for a physical card. They can get up and running with branch with their virtual card. Along those lines too, I would say, yeah, just figuring out ways that employer payments to employees are just inefficient, slow or costly, and just figuring out ways to accelerate that. Do you care to get the crystal ball out and see what 10 years from now might look like? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I can talk a little bit. 10 years is a long time. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things we've been pushing for with Branch is this idea around a user's data and being able to own that data and take it to different products and services. And we'll see this idea hopefully continue to grow of like open banking, customers owning their own data. You know, when we think about to our population that we serve and their financial identity, most of these users may not have a credit score or, you know, if they do, it's very, it's a it's considered a thin file credit score, not a lot of data in there. And we really look to take different data sources like employment data, obviously financial data and transactionally, are they making other payments that, you know, would deem these users credit worthy and just being able to create a financial identity for individuals that's a little bit more robust than, you know, what we've known for the last 50, 60 years with like a FICO score. Okay. I think I had this sort of, I don't know if it was a preconceived notion that you were really sort of playing in the gig economy, but I guess it's really not that as much as it is employers that have employees that need certain solutions. Yeah. You know, I think the still the majority of hourly employees are W-2 employees. So these are employees, again, at Target, to Walmart, in restaurants, and healthcare. And yeah, so we've started our focus in with W-2 employees. Now we are starting to expand into gig employees, sort of 1099 employees or 1099 workers. We see that as a growing segment of the market as well. Okay, okay. Have you seen a positive or negative effect from sort of the trend with COVID having driven so much business online? Does that really affect your top line numbers at all? 
No, because I think at the end of the day, there's still employees behind the scenes delivering those goods, even if there were online. So we have maybe seen a shift from the specifically in retail, right? What the retail store associate looks like, but shift to say the warehouse or distribution center side of things. But yeah, it's, I would say, you know, there are certain industries too that COVID has really accelerated the business. You would think any essential services that have been open during this time, there's other industries like in food service where it comes to quick service restaurants or anything in food delivery that's seen a jump in demand. And so for us, at least, we're continuing to see the business grow even just within this period of time. Okay. Okay. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk more about you. Tell us about your journey to your role there as the founder and CEO. Yeah, so my journey started, I mentioned I was an entrepreneur in residence at Idea Lab, you know, a technology studio out in Pasadena, California. Previous experience in technology was just teaching myself how to build products. So just taught myself how to code and be able to hack together these products and always had a fascination with just building something from scratch and putting it out there into the world where people find value from it. And really, um, Idea Lab, their entrepreneur residence program, is this program where you come in-house and work on an idea. And if it's a market that overlaps with a market they're interested in, they would be sort of your first institutional investment into the company. And that's kind of where I fell in and continued to grow from there as I recruited other people from where I went to school at USC to really get the company off the ground. Okay. And was Branch the name from the very beginning, even when you were working just with Target? Yeah, it was the name. I, we initially was called Branch Messenger. We had a communication component in the app, which made sense to, and then we since dropped that. So we just went with Branch. Okay. Okay. What are some things you're passionate about? So maybe one work-related item and one non-work-related item. Yeah, work-related item, I would say pretty passionate around payments and anything payment technology related. So, you know, I find myself reading about and really learning a lot about blockchain. I think there's a lot of applications for blockchain, which we'll start to see evolve over the next several years. Non-work-related, I would say I have two young children, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So just finding interesting ways or new ways to educate them and get them to learn. And so that takes up a lot of my time. And I, specifically, I think, you know, with one thing COVID has kind of illustrated is just like, how does education evolve both for primary school and beyond over the next couple of years? Are you guys all work from home because of COVID? Yeah, so the entire team is work from home. And yeah, we've adjusted uh, fairly well to sort of a remote first culture. And, you know, now that we're hiring to, we're looking for talent all across the country since we've been able to make this transition work. Okay, okay. I always ask this question because... You know, when I started in the payments industry back in 2005, no one really aspired to be in fintech. I don't even think the word fintech existed. Yeah. I sort of just fell into the payments industry. But today, kids in college can take courses around fintech. And I think there's been so much visibility and investment in this sort of fintech slash payments area that people coming out of school, they look to it as a, a potential career opportunity. What would your advice be to them, you know, the people coming right out of college or maybe Maybe even someone switching industries, what would your advice be to them to help them set their career up for success in this industry? 
Yeah. Well, the first thing I think there's no time like the present to start. Every company is either already or will become a payments company in one form or another. But really, my advice would be to start out small in ways, you know, that make sense for your company or that really solves a problem that you're looking to solve and tap people who know the space very well. Before we ventured down the payments path, I talked to a lot of different people that had experience in the industry. We happened to hire one of them who actually is our head of product now, Ahmed Siddiqui. No relation, but similar last name. And you know, he's written a great book called The Anatomy of the Swipe, Making Money Move. And so those are great resources. And some others are that come to mind are Glenn Brook Partners has a book on understanding the U.S. payment systems. It's, I believe it's called Payment Systems in the U.S. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up? Yeah, the only thing else I'd like to add is that, yeah, we really believe in empowering people through technology, making it accessible across industries. You know, when we think about sort of the hourly worker, the deskless workforce, they you know, have been severely underserved by technology and financial services, even though they make up the vast majority of the global workforce. And when we think about even the last couple months of our lives, they've been a crucial part in keeping our economy going. And we're really happy to be on a mission to help provide them better financial services that addresses their needs. Yeah, you brought up something there I'm going to ask about real quickly. Is this something you foresee taking globally? You know, we do work with multinational corporations who would like to bring us into other markets. I mean, at this time, I think there's plenty of challenges to solve for workers here in the U.S., but it's not out of the question that we can take something like branch globally, because I think the challenges faced by individuals not unique to just the U.S. alone. Right, right. Well, okay, great. I really appreciate you being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I want to be sensitive to that, but I really do appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for having me again, Greg. It's been fun. Great. Yeah. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 